Once a democratic stronghold, it's no secret that parts of the Mahoning Valley have shifted, in some cases somewhat dramatically, towards the Republican Party since the 2016 election. Now, as the midterm elections loom and conventional wisdom points to the possibility of the Democratic Party losing seats across the country, the Democratic parties in both Mahoning and Trumbull counties are looking to chart a new course forward under brand new leadership. I'm Managing Editor Justin Mitchell, and, and with us today is Mahoning County's new Democratic Chair, Chris Sanderson. Chris, thank you for being with us. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So you're a new chair, but you're no stranger to the Mahoning County Democrats. You, tell me a little bit about your background and how you come to this role as chairman. Sure. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're correct. Uh, so I previously served as the executive and political director for the Mahoning County Democratic Party. Uh, I have uh, so I, I also was a two term uh, a two term president of the Mahoning County Young Democrats before I was asked to uh, run as the vice president of the Ohio Young Democrats. And then uh, a few years back, I was elected as the, the president of our organization. So for the past few years, I've been leading uh, one of the largest youth caucuses in the country. So we're actually the third largest youth caucus in the country. Um, and in our in our party, uh, youth caucus is defined as anybody under the age of forty. Um, so we're the the third largest youth caucus in the country, uh, behind only New York and California. Um, and you know, I always I joke with my counterparts there that the the only reason their caucuses are bigger than mine are just because their states are physically bigger. Um, so you know, nobody ever finds that joke funny, but I tell it every time I tell that story, anyways. <laughs> um, so I've I've worked on countless Mahoning County campaigns. Uh, most recently, I was the field director for Congressman Ryan on his 2020 reelect. And then I also served as uh, Judge Joe Schiavone's deputy campaign manager in that same year as well. So your your experience coming up, particularly through these youth caucuses, I mean, I'd like to talk a little bit about that because that's you're coming in as chair for a party that previously, you know, Joyce Kale Pesta is a longtime figure in Valley politics and Dave Beatrice before her, the same situation. So you do have the opportunity to really kind of see the party, whatever the vision for the party is going to be representing a new generation. You're, you, you don't represent the old guard, as it were. You, you have an opportunity to, to shape the future. And it's a bit of a unique time for both major parties, at least nationally. You know, on the GOP side, I, I know that there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Trump's picks winning certain seats. But, you know, truthfully, I see at least a three-way split in the Republican Party between people who backed Trump's nominee or uh, Trump's endorsements, people who went a traditional business route, and people who went another sort of hard right way but didn't care about the Trump endorsement. On the Democratic side, you see a lot more unity, I think, at least in the results. Tim Ryan in Ohio, John Fetterman in PA certainly won overwhelming primary victories. Um, but there are differences even between those two candidates. Ryan's running ads highlighting things like areas where he agreed with Donald Trump. Fetterman, you know, endorsed Bernie Sanders and touts his progressive credentials as the way forward. So just as those two examples, I'd like to get your thoughts on where you see the future of the party in the Mahoning County. Yeah. So, you know, I it's no secret that the, the local GOP has has made some inroads, mostly because they've received, uh, you know, such an overwhelming amount of funding. It's you know, it's tough to it's tough to not make inroads with the amount of funding they're receiving from their state party and from, you know, for some others 
from some other organizations affiliated. Um, but the, you know, I, I think we're, I think where, you know, where you see unity in our party is in reminding folks that we're the party who care if you can afford to live. Um, you know, we, we care, we care about the price of groceries. We care about the price of gas. Um, you know, we, we care that you've got a good job and that you only need one job to survive. Um, you know, I think that I think that that's where I think that you know the 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 unity in our party centers around um, around that that core. You know, I talked a lot in my campaign about uh, the reason that I the reason that I've been active in politics uh, is is the reason that I've been active in politics my entire adult life. Sorry, is that um, you know I I believe very strongly in the guiding principle of our of our party that if you're doing everything right and you're working hard, you deserve a chance to get ahead, um, and that's where you start to see our party really starting to unify. Because, um, like you mentioned, uh, Tim and John both have two very different messages, um, but the the one the one unifying factor between those two is that they're 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 relentless in reminding people that, that you know that I care that you only have to work one job, um, you know I care that you only have you know I care that you you know that I I you know that you know that uh, you know I care that you um, that you can afford to buy your groceries. Um, meanwhile, what you see out of the Republican Party is you see you know. It's a it's a race to the bottom, basically. It's a race to see who can out Trump themselves. Uh, you know, the the Ohio Republican Party has controlled Ohio for thirty years, and I keep at, I I've yet to find a single Republican in Ohio who can answer the question of you've controlled our party for thirty years. What have you given us other than corruption and higher bills? So, um, you know, I think that you know, I think that's I think that's the unifying message that you're going to see is you know is that is reminding folks that we're the party you know we're the party who's cared to, you know who's cared that you can, uh, you know, that you can, that you can afford to live. So is the idea then really kind of getting back to the old time, big tent idea that you're, you're like, it seems like the split as it's talked about in the democratic party is, is it moderate? Is it Joe Biden and Tim Ryan, or is it, you know, Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? And you're saying, well, it could be both. Is that, is that the message? Right. Yeah. If you, whether you look at whether you look at Joe Biden or whether you look at Bernie Sanders or you even move farther farther to the left than Bernie Sanders, the unifying principle between all of those people is I give a crap that you can pay your bills. And if you're working hard and you're doing everything right, you deserve to get the, you deserve a chance to get ahead. Meanwhile, out of the you know, out of the GOP, you know, they don't care how hard you're working. All they care about is that they want to they want to ensure that they're giving a tax break to, you know, not even just to your boss, but to your boss's boss. Now, you, you know, you said something about Ohio um, that's it's, it's interesting because I have heard people on the other side of the spectrum make a similar argument on the reverse for the Mahoning Valley. You know, you talked about how the Republicans have controlled Ohio for 40 some years and, and you asked what they have to show for it. And when the party when the parties were starting to flip a little bit in the 16 and 20 elections in the Mahoning Valley, that was the argument Republicans were making for places like the Mahoning Valley is that they were Democratic for a long time. And they there was a dissatisfaction among at least some of those voters that that flipped. They, they liked what they were hearing from at least from Donald Trump, if not from every Republican. I guess I'm, I'm, there's not so much a question there as just to to respond to that, because that has been turned on its ear. And that is part of your challenge as a as a new chair. Yeah, so I think locally, one of the things that we absolutely need to do a better job of is is talking about the incredible things that we've done as a part, you know, that our elected officials have done as a party. Um, you know, for example, when I think about the county commissioners, um, you know, I think about I think about how well they've handled 
how well they've handled all of those American, all of the American Rescue Plan funds, including, uh, you know, making sure that they were equitably divided up, that the, the projects were, you know, were projects that were going to improve everyone's lives. Um, you know, and I, and I think about the fact that now you're seeing Republicans start to tout those American Rescue Plan funds that every single one of them voted against. Um, you know, every, and, and then even the ones who didn't have the opportunity to vote on the American Rescue Plan said that if they were in Congress, they would have voted against it. Um, so you don't get to have it both ways. Uh, you know, so we as a party just need to do a better job of, of, of you know, pounding our chest, if you will, about some of the accomplishments that we've had. Uh, not just out of, you know, not just out of, you know, at the, not just out of the, you know, the General Assembly, but also, you know, at a local level. Our, our local elected Democrats have done some incredible things for people. Um, and, at, and, and at a party level, we've just not done a great job of, of letting people know, hey, that's democratic leadership. They've got you that. So do you see your central role as and, and this could be a both kind of an answer, but I but I'm curious, is it you know, it seems like the, the with the Ryan campaign as a microcosm of this, it seems like there's a school of thought that says that there are a lot of Democrats who crossed over and they're gettable back into the Democratic fold. There's another school of thought that says they may not be gettable back, at least not in in mass, but that there's a new constituency that could be built. And if so, what would that new constituency look like? Sure. Yeah. So there were absolutely people that crossed over for Donald Trump that, you know, that, that they just didn't feel like the party was speaking to him or, you know, or, or what have you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I think that I think that there is a movable middle that you can absolutely get back. Um, but, you know, whenever anybody asks me this question, I always I think back to I think back to Stacey Abrams when she ran for governor of Georgia the first time she was asked how she intended to win over Trump voters. And she said, you know, I really don't. It's a lot easier for me to get Baptist to go to church than it is to get a Baptist to become a Catholic. Um, so, you know, if you crossed over, if you crossed over. Uh, because you were, you know, you were looking for something different, or you just felt like the party wasn't talking to you. Then, yeah, absolutely, I think there's a, the opportunity to to rebuild that coalition. But you know, there there are a lot of folks that you know they crossed over because they believed in the you know the bigoted, xenophobic stuff that Donald Trump talked about. Um, you know, and that's and that's they live in the Republican Party now because the Republican Party opened that fringeness with wide with you know with with wide open arms. So, and that's what you see now. You know, you you see. You see, that's why you see it as a race to out Trump each other. It's a race to out, you know, it's a, it's, it's to see who can move to the farthest right um, with, with no regard for actual governing. So essentially you're saying that your strategy is more of returning to that big tent idea where, you know, some say, well, it should be moderates or conservative Democrats and others say, no, it's got to be more of a progressive and skew younger. And you're saying, well, no, maybe it could be both. Is that about it? Yeah, it's absolutely it, it, it absolutely can be both. There's no there's no there's no question about it. Um, you know, it's it's so it's not just the, it's not just the idea of, a, of you know, of, of a big tent. Um, it's the idea that, you know, that, again, our party is rooted in that philosophy that if you're working hard and you're doing everything right, that um, that you deserve a chance to get ahead. Um, and where we have our where we have our differences is is on the on, you know, exactly on the route we want to go to help folks get ahead. Um, whereas, you know, on the other side of the aisle, what you see is, you know, where they have their differences is is, is how to attack those folks and how to stop them from getting ahead. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, like I said, no matter whether you're on the far left or whether you're smack dab in the middle, um, you know, there's there's room in our party for everyone. 
because it what what where we have our differences is a matter of degrees on what we want to do, not on you know big splits, um, you know big splits on 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 you know how on how big of a tax break to give to the people who need it the least, for example. Do you feel like you're, there's any chance that you run the risk, though, of alienating one wing or another if you go too far one way? I mean, for instance, there there may be young, progressive, would-be voters who say, you know, this may I, I, they don't feel they have an ideological home because they feel like the leadership at the national level may be too down the center, and they, you know, they 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 feel like people talk about big issues like, I don't know, student loan debt, for instance, but they feel like they hear that come up campaign cycle after campaign cycle, and then the moderates in the party cut deals that don't go as far as they'd like to see. So so how do you, how do you chart a path forward long-term where you keep everybody under that, that same banner? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think you, you raise a good point. Um, but the, you know, I guess, I guess the way to the way that I approach that is that, you know, politics has always been politics for me has always been almost like almost like riding a bus. Um, you pick the you pick the stop that's going to get you closest to where you want to go. Um, so, you know, it's it's a whole you know, it's a whole heck of a lot closer uh, to where we want to go. You know, as a, as a young voter, it's a whole heck of a lot closer to where we want to go to to support incremental progress than to support no progress at all. All right. Well, I mean, I, I look forward to seeing what uh, what the future of the party is with some some new leadership here in uh, in Mahoning County. It's going to be a very interesting number of years ahead. Thank you very much for being with us. Absolutely, Justin. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Okay, continuing our discussion now about the new leadership atop the Democratic parties in both Mahoning and Trumbull counties. There's also a new chairman in Trumbull County, um, Mark Alberini taking over from longtime chair Dan Polifka, and, and Mark is with us now also. Mark, thanks for being with us. Happy, happy to be here today, Justin. So, so Mark, you're a new chair. You're taking over from Dan Polifka, who had been there for a number of years. And I want to start by you just telling me a little bit about your background and what your view is as to where you want to take the, the, the Democratic Party in Trumbull County, where, you know, it's no secret you guys have, have faced some adversity in the last few election cycles with uh, Republicans really making a, a, a major play in certain parts of that county. No, ab- absolutely. Fair question. Um, so I'm a, I'm a lifelong Democrat for, to start out with, okay? Um, I have been uh, active in the party for arguably 26 to 30 years. I'm 61 years old now. I've either served as a precinct committee person on the central committee or I've served on the executive committee for, you know, 26 or 30 years, depending on which one you're looking at. Uh, so, um, you know, I felt compelled that after 10 or 12 years under the same leadership that I just felt we were long overdue as a party uh, to be afforded a choice of leadership. Um, now, it was up to the Central Committee people if whether they wanted to, you know, if they wanted to take that one step further and say, I not only want a choice, but I want to change. And, you know, after the vote on the reorganization meeting, they, they, they spoke clearly and they wanted to change. So I was thrilled to be uh, elected as a Trumbull County Democratic chairperson. Um, You know, my first priority 
is to get Democrats elected up and down the ticket, first and foremost. I think that the Democratic um, candidates that we have, uh, past, present, and future, are extremely qualified um, just to, to serve, you know, to, to, to win their elections, all their elections. I think that uh, um, it's unfortunate that in some cases last year, we, last year we lost a couple state seats to, I think, what were inferior candidates uh, on the Republican side, Sean O'Brien and Gil Blair. I cannot think of two more qualified individuals uh, to serve at that state level. Uh, and uh, we lost those races, which I, I, I thought was unacceptable. Uh, I think that we need to make sure that in every race, we have somebody competing for that seat. Uh, the fact that there is a state representative uh, in the Northern District of Ohio or Northern, uh, Northern Trumbull County that's going unopposed is, is unacceptable. Um, there's, there's several things I don't want to, I'm looking forward. I'm not going to look back. Sure. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, uh, if you voted for Mark Alvarini or you voted for, uh, the outgoing chairman, uh, I'm going to know very, very quickly if you're in the canoe that I'm in rowing forward to get good Democrats elected, supporting good Democrats, campaigning for good Democrats, fundraising for good Democrats, finding yard sign locations for good Democrats. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of my, my, my mandate. I want, you know, I, I don't know if it was, I think it was the, the news, uh, news channel. It, you know, I don't want to be, I want to make it cool to be a Democrat again. And you know what? It's going to be cool to be a Democrat with this renewed enthusiasm and retaking back our party and reinvigorating uh, the people that, that are like-minded like myself and, and other Democrats. Um, after that, election. I mean, you could sense it in the room, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the invigoration. People are pumped up. And when that happens, you got to ride that way because it's going to be, you're going to be more visible, more active. Uh, there's going to be more volunteerism. There's going to be more people who want to work the party. They want to canvas to get good Democrats elected. Uh, so that's why I'm in it. Uh, I have you know, a regular day job, uh, but I am focused to give four years of focus and dedication to this party to try to unify the party, strengthen the party, get more people rowing in the same direction. Uh, and so that's my that's my pledge. So what do you think that the strategy is to to I guess in terms of a direction for the party, because there is right now what I see is I see some distinct splits in both parties. Um, at least from an ideological, and now we're seeing it in, to some extent an electoral uh, results. For instance, in the Republican Party, contrary to a national narrative about this Midas touch that the former president has, fact of the matter is the results have been very split. In Ohio, you know, the Donald Trump picked GOP candidate did win, but he won with about a, less than a third of the vote. 68% of Republicans went other direction. So there's a split there. And Democrats were much more unified. Tim Ryan won by a large margin. But then I look at PA, where you had a very similar situation play out, where you had you know, the same exact situation on the GOP side and on the Democratic side in that Senate race, you had John Fetterman win with a very united Democratic Party. But the difference that I see is that Tim Ryan and John Fetterman are very different types of Democrats in a lot of ways. Fetterman being unabashedly a Sanders progressive 
and Ryan running ads where he talks about the areas where he agrees with Donald Trump on, you know, things like trade and really trying to make a play, it would seem, towards winning back voters that have crossed over. So, you know, obviously you play one either hand too far, you can alienate around the edges. So so what what's your vision? How do you think that the Trumbull County Democratic Party becomes more competitive moving forward than they had been in the last couple cycles? Yeah, great question. I mean, what we have to do is is we have to be dedicated and committed, focused on just getting the best candidates to run for office. Uh, that means uh, getting getting good candidates elected, reelected, and cultivating a new generation of, of young Democrats that are going to run for future offices and judgeships and things like that. Uh, we need to start doing that now. Um, in talking with so many people while I was, you know, working to earn their vote for chairman, uh, a lot of people voiced opinion that, you know, I just think the party has gone too far left, too far left, too liberal. And, you know, I respect everybody's individual opinion of where on this continuum Democrats need to be to take back what we some of the ground that we've lost. That may be left, that might be progressive, that may be right in, in the middle. I think Tim Tim Ryan is doing a uh, an excellent job in, in trying to, um, you know, be a tra- an attractive choice to bo- to both to both uh, the left and the right. Uh, it's obviously he's trying to distinguish himself by sometimes saying that hey, I agree with this uh, with this thing uh, on uh, against China, or I uh, I disagree with uh, this policy that you know a former Democratic president said. So he's I, I think he's intentionally becoming a bit more middle, but I think Tim is always going to be and continues to be a backer of the people. I mean, he is a real Democrat. I believe, Tim believes that we're a party of everyday people. Uh, we're a party of the people, all people, uh, the working people. And I think that uh, if we just keep that in mind and keep our eyes on the ball and get more people engaged and excited and enthused, you know, we're going to have a say-so in what kind of Democrat we're going to put on the ticket. If you being stagnant, not being involved, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. And more often than not, you're not going to get, you know, the best qualified candidate. Uh, but uh, that's one of the things I need to do. I need to you know, rally the troops, motivate everybody to get out there, become active, let your voices be heard so we can get the best Democrats on the ticket. I mean, now, now if the Ryan way is a winning strategy now, can that last long term? I mean, could Democrats in a state like Ohio where that is because I get what Ryan's doing here and, and it makes sense, which is, you know, you've got J.D. Vance has a particularly he's got a tightrope he's got to walk because he's got to try and win over voters who are not on the extremes. But if he trips and goes too far back to the middle where he used to be, he risks alienating the base. But for Democrats, they could run the risk of perpetually trying to convince moderate to conservative voters to give them a chance and potentially miss out on a chance to build a new constituency. Yeah. So what, what would that new constituency I mean? How would you build, uh, assuming that there are voters who have crossed over and are not coming back to the Democratic fold, what's the message to building, you know, for instance, young voters who might be new voters or who are, you know, they fall at least left of center and ideologically the Democrats may be their home, but they just feel disillusioned, so they just don't okay. vote. Well, number one, 
I do not feel that there's going to be a huge number of folks, Democrats, that crossed over uh, and are going to stay crossed over. I do not believe that. I know that in this past primary, uh, there was a, a fair number that did. I mm -hmm. think that was solely to take part in some of these highly contentious races that they wanted to have a say so. So they pulled a Republican huh. ballot and they wanted to have their voices be heard on that. I'm hoping that they come back over uh, in the in the uh, in the general elections and vote Democrat. Um, we have got to do a better job of there are voting blocks that we're missing out on. You know, you're talking about, you know, how can we, you know, for the key for Democrats to win is to get more people to turn out the vote. All right. So there are voting blocks, I believe, that we are just untapped. The African-American voting block is huge, but they have become disenfranchised. They are not going out to vote. We have got to formulate here in Trumbull County, we're formulate, uh, formulating a, uh, a diversity and inclusion committee that's going to be spearheaded. Mm. We're going to work with the, the pastors and the uh, African African American community leaders, council people, uh, to, to to educate, inform, and work and and motivate these folks. Here's what's in it for you. Here's why this is so important. I think that's key. Another key is young people. Right now, yeah, there are, your argument may be that why aren't young people engaged? Why aren't they uh, going to vote? Uh, the Atlantic Journal uh, I read says that by 2026, millennials and Gen Xers are going to represent the majority of the electorate. This is a gigantic opportunity for Democrats because those the, that age range of young people tend to more align with democratic principles and ideologies. We have got to capture that. And we've got to start now, not 2025, right? Uh, so I think that's huge. And I think another voting block is, is, is the elderly. Uh, and we've just got to work hard to make sure that uh, they're getting out to vote, that we're making it convenient. You know, that's why I, I believe that like early voting has a place in our society in elections. Uh, to give folks that maybe have some mobility or transportation issues, the opportunity to sit down at their dining room table, take a pen out, look at their ballots, and, and vote and put it in the mail. It is safe. It is secure. Uh, and I know that because I'm chairman of the Board of Elections here in Trumbull County. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of my, 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 my thoughts on, on, on all of that. But one additional comment relative to Tim Ryan's race. This is of critical significance, not just locally, but statewide and nationally. Do not think for a minute that J.D. Vance's politics are not going to affect everyday people. Um, you know, Tim Ryan wants to protect Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. He want, he's backing the infrastructure bill. He wants new R&D and energy and alternative energy sources and things of that nature to attract new businesses to the area, livable wages. I don't think that they could be polar opposites as far as candidates. If we squander this opportunity to have two United States senators from Ohio and one from Trumbull County, we've lost our minds. That's all I can say. Yeah. Everybody needs to get out, get mobilized, and talk to their friends and neighbors and family about the importance and significance about electing Tim Ryan. You know, you mentioned, and I, and I don't mean to make it all about the Tim Ryan race. Obviously, that's the that's the marquee race right now. In but obviously, there's a there's a an identity 
an identity to both parties that are being decided right now in a lot of different races. So, um, so not to only dwell on that one. Do you think, cause you mentioned talking about that race, one of the first things you said was protecting social security. And that was a really simple way to say that. Do you think the Democrats, um, at least the party organizations at the state levels, if nothing else, have a, problem with simple with simple messaging that's clear like that that they need to kind of get for instance there's wide polling that agrees with issues like protecting social security but somehow or other it ends up being a lecture with you know bullet points and and it sounds like a college professor justin i want to tell you you hit a very 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 key point uh, i think that one of the flaws of, the, of, of a lot of democrats is we get sucked into these uh, these deep discussions and arguments and combative type conversations with folks of the other persuasion uh listen we got to stick to the script we got to keep our messaging and our bullet points simple and succinct and and and, and and that way, they're repeatable, and people don't get intimidated by having to memorize or, or to indoctrinize uh, some complex theory about why keeping Social Security is really <laughs> important. I mean, it's, it's pretty darn basic. Uh, and I think the party uh, as a whole needs to do a better job of our messaging and keeping the message concise and succinct and clear for everybody. For the, for the sure. people that are consuming the message and for the people that are delivering the message. And both are equally important because we have to get the message out. We can't sit there in our living rooms watching, you know, lousy, watching the news channels, whatever one you're watching. It's all bad news. Uh, you know, I, I, I dread watching the news at night and in the morning because it just kind of gets me off on the wrong foot or getting ready to go to bed on the wrong foot. Uh, shut, you know, shut the, shut the cell phones off, shut the TVs off, shut the stream off. And you know what? Read, talk to people, get out and, 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 and talk about the uh, issues, get involved with your parties. Uh, I think that's that that's key. So that really is. So I guess when we frame these, you hear this framed a lot about, you know, it's left versus right. It's moderate versus progressive. And, and you're saying, you know. There's because this is similar to what Chris Anderson told me about Mahoning County Democrats, as he said, you know, there's room for a lot of there's room for moderates and progressives in the party, just like there's rooms for moderates and conservatives in the Republican Party. But we get hung up on on these the, 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 the sort of the infighting. And uh, and so yeah. you're saying that it's really more about mobilizing people and uh, and not so much about. Yeah. You know, Listen, shouting each other down. <laughs> absolutely. I went to, I, I, tr the Democratic Party is about everyday people. They're about all people. Trust me, when we elect good, qualified Democrats, everybody's going to benefit. Republicans, independents alike, uh, liberals, progressives, whatever, they will benefit. Um, uh, we, 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 I think we need to focus more on what we have in common than what we don't have in common. Uh, you know, unification, unifying, everybody likes to toss out that word. Uh, uh, but, you know, talk is cheap. You know, you got you to gotta walk the walk. And I think we, we can do a better job of doing that, but we've got to focus on similarities. You know, hey, I'm, you know, who doesn't, want, who doesn't want their Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid protected? Everybody does. You know, who doesn't want a good infrastructure? Who doesn't want livable wages? Who doesn't want a protected border 
um, you know, and not necessarily open or closed, but just a legal, protected, safe border where immigrants can come in and out legally. Uh, who doesn't want, uh, you know, uh, universal health care that's affordable for everybody? Uh, I'm other, you know, as far as you know, the guns and things like that. Just my personal thing uh, is, you know what? I'm a hunter. Uh, I think people have a right to, you know, own guns. Do I think they have a right to own an assault rifle or an AR or an AK? Not necessarily. Go to a range and, and go to a, a place that you can rent them and shoot them. If, if you if you if you need one of them to hunt, you're a horrible hunter. <laughs> uh, but uh, so so that long litany of things I just said, I really believe that the majority of Americans want those things. It's just trying to figure out how we get there. And I think if we just have better, more open dialogue with one another and, and, and focus on the similarities instead of the, the, uh, the differences, oh my gosh, I just think we'll make so many better strides. So how do you translate that in terms of a ground game for a party that has had people cross over? So you've got the messaging down, you've, yeah. you've got the, the, the strategy. What's the ground game? How is it different moving forward under your leadership than it's been? Well, um, let me think how to put this best. <laughs> um, I am going to strengthen and unify the party in so many different areas. Uh, and it's not going to take a huge effort to move the needle. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about activism. I'm talking about visibility of the party. Uh, I'm talking about having the headquarters be open more than it is. I'm talking about having a strategy, having a ground game, having an outreach program, you know, really focusing and trying to do a better job on uh, outreach and inclusion and diversity, uh, getting the right. I am a person that does not have, that does, will never claim to have all the answers. I may be the chairman of the party. That is a leadership position. Sure. That's getting things done. And I, I can't do it by myself. It's not a power position. It's not an ego position. It's about getting things done, mobilizing, you know, the, the field. And I, I think that I, I think those are my strengths. I can't do it alone, but we got to get the right people on the right committees that can network out there and get the messaging out. So I think all in all these areas, even fundraising, so that we can be viable and we can be sustainable. We can, you know, have some money in the bank to get good Democrats elected. Those are all areas that we, there's a lot of room for improvement. Well, Mark, I appreciate you being with me today. Um, thank you very much for your time, and I'm sure we will talk a lot in the coming days. We're as I'm sure you know, we're the station that uh, that does a lot of political coverage. So we'll be hearing from you. Hey, remember, we're going to make it cool to be Democratic again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Bye.